Martha was in a moment where it was incredibly hard to trust because she had just went through the grief of losing her brother, Lazarus. He was in the grave and had been in the grave for three days and Jesus comes after getting the news and having waited to come. And he comes and he walks up and, and Mary's there and she's saying, Lord, if you'd have just been here. And then Jesus basically turns to her and says, Mary, do you trust me? Mary, do you trust me? And here's what she said as they're there. Lord, if, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said this. Your brother will rise again. And, and Martha said, oh, of course he will one day. I know he will in the resurrection in the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me, listen to this, y'all, shall never die. And then he said this straight to her face. Do you believe this? In other words, Mary, do you trust me? Do you believe that I am the God of the living and the dead? <laughs> do you believe that I am able to take those bones and cause them to live again? And of course he was he was and he did that y'all for this purpose not just because Lazarus needed raising although when you're dead that's what you need that's the only thing you can get right but because he wanted to show that he had power over life and death so that you and I would know that he has power to forgive us of our sins right that's why he did it he didn't just do this to do it he did it so that you and I could trust. If this man who is God in the flesh can raise a man from the dead who's been dead long past time to just wake back up, then he can forgive me of my sins. And you need to hear this this morning. There are people perhaps in this room who've walked in and you are dead in your trespasses and sins. The God in Jesus Christ who raised Lazarus from the tomb can save you from your sins and forgive you if you only turn from that sin and trust in Him as Lord and Savior. And so I say to you this morning, will you trust in Him? Will you give your life to Him in repentance and faith? And the promise is that every person who will do that will be saved and will rise again like Lazarus. Let me pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity this morning to get and to preach your word, for this congregation to be encouraged. And I wanna pray for that one, two, three, 20, ever how many it is here, Lord, today, who've never turned from sin and trusted Christ. I pray that the words that we have sang and the spirit that has been sweet here, Lord, would lead them today even to turn from sin and to trust in Christ. God, would you be with us in Jesus' name? And all God's people said, oh, amen and amen. Well, grab your seat grab your copy of God's Word and go with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Beloved, did you know that we have something really big coming around the corner? In 2026, y'all, we as a church, we are going to celebrate our 100th birthday. I mean, don't we look pretty good for being 100 years old almost? I hope I look this good when I'm actually almost 100, right? The church was started all the way back 
1926. Y'all, that's the year that 21 charter members met and officially organized First Baptist Church right here in Collinsville, Mississippi. They didn't even have a building. If you ever needed proof that the church is not the building, just look to the people that started this church. They started it, didn't even have a building. <laughs> Yet they were a church nonetheless. God had given those 21 men and women a vision for a Baptist church right here in this community. And so they organized they birthed the church they 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 with the 21 charter members and their children they began meeting once a month at collinsville methodist church while they were raising funds and constructing their own church house on land they had acquired on the other side of highway 19 and it took them two years they started in 1926 and in 1928 collinsville first baptist church moved into their brand spanking new one room church building check out this rendering this is a historical sketch of what it actually looked like they built it for around 1600 dollars which would be twenty-eight thousand dollars in today's money twenty-eight thousand dollars they cut every corner they could to save money like they didn't go out and purchase the blocks to build the building no, they hand poured and they made those blocks right here in Collinsville by a family member of Mr. Daryl Harwell and Miss Gloria Jean Miller, two of our senior saints here in our church. And as you can see, I mean, it wasn't a big church house. I mean, let's be honest. We probably have Sunday school rooms right here in our building right now that has more square footage than that building right there. But it was enough. It was home. It was a start. And here we are almost 100 years later, and God has blessed. Amen? God has blessed. He certainly has. That 100th birthday, y'all, is just around the corner in 2026. Now, some of you may be tempted to say, 2026? That's still three years away, preacher. <laughs> but believe me, it'll be here before you know it. And since it's such a big one, we want to be ready for it. Now, I'm not just talking about the celebration. I mean, that can, put, that can be put together in a few months. No, when I say that I want us to be ready for our hundredth, I mean that I want us to be ready to push past our hundredth. You see, as pastor, I'm not just thinking about the hundredth. I'm thinking about the two hundredth. You know what I'm saying? When we hit a hundred years, y'all, I'm thinking, Lord, thank you for a hundred. You're amazing, God, but give us a hundred more. So I want to put us in a position where we as a healthy church, as healthy as possible, are ready for that hundred more. And when we think about our physical bodies, doctors tell us all the time that one of the healthiest things that you and I can do is to strengthen our core. That's the middle part of our body, our abdominals, our obliques, the lumbar, the pelvic floor, the glutes. These muscle groups are what make up our core, and there are numerous health benefits, right, to having a strong core, and the older you get, the more important it is to have a strong core. It becomes increasingly important to maintaining good posture and stability and, and balance and reducing back pain and what doctors call kyphosis. Now, kyphosis is an exaggerated forward rounding of the upper back that causes older people 
to walk bent over. I still can picture my mamma, my great-grandmother, lived up into the middle of her 80s, and every day she would get out and walk up and down our dead-end road. And I can still remember just leaning like that, and she would go no matter what, right? She'd go slow, but she was bent over and just kept going. Doctors say if we want to guard against that sort of thing, we've got to get a strong core. Y'all, and the same is true for an organization. When we, as an organization, as a church, as we get older, we must work to keep and develop a strong core. So as I look forward to our 100th birthday, I want us to strengthen our core for 100 more. That's the title of this short two or three message series. We'll see what the Lord does. But the Lord has laid this on my heart to share with you all. Beloved, let's strengthen our core for a hundred more. And after being here as your pastor now for almost a year and a half, one of the ways I'm convinced we need to do this is to update our constitution and bylaws. In fact, it was a conversation all the way back in early 2022 when I was working with the pastor search committee. I got a copy of our current constitution and bylaws fairly early in that process, and they and, and I both, we expressed a need and a desire for me to lead a serious update of those documents. And so the church extended a call to me to be pastor April of 2022. I answered that call and began in May of 2022. And in November of last year, 2022, I led us as a church to formulate a new committee we call the Operations Committee whose purpose is to assist the church in all matters related to church operating processes and organization. They, they focus on things that nobody else wants to focus on. They focus on policies and procedures and, of course, constitution and bylaws. You all affirm Sean Whitney as our chair of that committee, along with Murphy Goodman, Rayburn Mabry, Penny Robinson, Christy Rowcliffe, and there was originally a six-person committee that, that had to step away. But Pastor Paul and I, we've been a regular part of that committee as well. And so Sean organized us, and we started meeting in February of this year. And we pretty much met every single week since. Some of us on that committee say that with a groan. <laughs> every single week. But in the beginning, we would spend only an hour together, and each time... We would do that and we'd stay an hour and we'd go home. But as we really got into it, it became clear that the job was bigger than we had anticipated. And that it was going to do, if we were going to do what needed to be done, then we would need to meet an hour and a half or, or two hours a week. <laughs> you see, we come to find out, like Jesus said, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. You can't put new wine in old wineskins and, and because of that the, the job got bigger because we pretty much had to say we need something new here we can't put this new wine in old wineskins now that's exactly what Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 5 verse 37 through 39 so I want to invite you to stand this morning to honor the reading of God's word this is Luke chapter 5 beginning in the 37th verse our Lord and Savior says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. 
and no one else after drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good thus ends the reading of God's word you may be seated this morning now if we're being honest this morning what Jesus is saying here it's a little bit lost on us most of us here are not likely frequent drinkers of wine hey there'll be time for confession later don't worry (laughs) nevertheless all of us who have any age on us we've at least seen wine but we've probably never seen it in a wine skin right only a bottle i'm venturing to guess that 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 probably none of us if maybe just a few of us have ever made wine and so because of all of that what jesus says here it's just a little bit lost on us you see in jesus day wine was made by taking grape juice and adding yeast to it much like today but in those days there were no glass bottles instead they would put the wine into wine skins much like we see in this picture right here i know you're thinking like man who would drink anything out of that (laughs) but nevertheless that's that's what they used they would take the skin of a goat or the skin of a lamb and kind of turn it into a leather bag of sorts now jesus was talking about a little more than just wine and wine skins here he's making a point using wine and wine skins it's an illustration he's talking about the new reality of the new covenant that he's bringing in and the pharisees had come to jesus and his disciples and were actually looking to stir up trouble right i mean the the pharisees who were supposed to be the holy ones amongst everybody they were always looking to seem to stir up trouble by comparing jesus's ministry to john's so they said in luke 5 33 look at your text the disciples of john fast often and offer prayers and and so do the disciples of the pharisees but yours eat and drink in other words jesus you and your disciples y'all claim to be super spiritual but you don't seem to be as spiritual as john and you don't seem to be as spiritual as these pharisees and their disciples and i want you to see what jesus answered here verse 34 and 35 he says can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast in those days now in the culture that jesus was in there it was it was very regular for the wedding party to wait until the party got started right until the the groom arrived right when he arrives it's time for the party to start and so they wouldn't eat or they or they wouldn't drink until he came but when he came start the party strike up the band where's my plate where's my cup i want to get this thing filled i want to enjoy myself and so jesus is comparing himself to a wedding groom the people have been waiting for him and and now that he's arrived it's time to rejoice he says they're not going to mourn and fast and weep and long for him to come when he's sitting right there with them no 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 it's time to rejoice eat drink be merry he he's saying yes this is different from john this is different from the pharisees because this is something new and you can't mix the new with the old and to illustrate this he 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 gives them two further illustrations look at verse 36 first he says no one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment if he does he'll tear the new and the piece 
from the new will not match the old again this illustration it's a little bit lost on us because most of us hardly anybody anymore mends their clothing you got to take it to grandma right to get your clothes mended i mean and, and we don't even fool with that usually we just take them and, and throw them in the trash and and go get new ones or we rejoice because doesn't everybody today like holes in their jeans right i mean it used to drive my daddy crazy he wouldn't let me get them with holes in them he said son i am not paying for you to have a worn out pair of britches <laughs> he said i'm gonna buy you a new pair and if you wear holes in them that's fine we'll patch them i said oh daddy please don't patch them please just let the holes be there right that's what that's what we want i mean young folks even sometimes like to wear a torn shirt and so this is lost on us y'all it's, it's a little bit lost but listen young folks just ask your grandparents when you see them next when you talk to them next they'll tell you all about what it was like to patch clothing <laughs> but you don't put a patch made of a new material onto old fabric because new materials they shrink they still do that right you get a shirt made of cotton you wash and dry it comes out what used to be a large is now a small that's what happens and so they took it and and he said essentially that new patch will one day it's, it's going to tear away from the old garment that's what he's getting at there and not only will it tear away from the garment making a hole again it's likely to even tear your garment further and so jesus is saying here in this he's saying this new reality in the new covenant that i'm bringing can't just be added onto it can't be sewn into and onto the old covenant because it'll just mess up the old covenant it won't match and it's going to tear it up so you can't mix new and old fabric and you can't mix the old and the new covenant and then to drive that point home jesus stacks another parable on top of that parable right, oftentimes jesus is like rapid fire with his parables they're the same point but just a different illustration right different reference so look again matthew 5 37 through 39 and no one puts new wine into old wine skins if he does the new wine will burst the skins and it'll be spilled and the skins will be destroyed but new wine must be put into fresh wine skins and no one after drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good beloved he's saying you can't put the new wine of the new covenant in the old wine skin of the old covenant and, and that's not just true for the old new covenant it's, it's true pretty much for any old and new reality all right so we learn three general truths from this illustration i want to share with you today first is this we learn that new realities are wasted by old containers jesus says no one puts new wine into old wine skins why is that well look at what he says again if a if a man puts new wine into old wine skins the new wine will burst the wine skins it'll be spilled and the skins will be destroyed you see new realities are wasted by old containers when grape juice is made into wine by the process of fermentation yeast is added into the grape juice and it begins to eat the sugar of the grape juice and it leaves behind ethanol and carbon dioxide and so when grape juice and yeast are are put into the wine skin and sealed it begins to expand it begins to stretch pressurize and that carbon dioxide builds up until the wine skin begins to stretch and so that wine skin it needed to be able to stretch it needed elasticity 
and new wineskins were able to do that but old wineskins they couldn't do it they'd already been stretched as far as they could stretch and so if a, if a person put new wine into old wineskins then the fermentation process would be too much for it it would, it would blow open the old wineskin and the wine would spill on the ground and the wineskin itself would be ruined I mean it may not be good for making wine anymore but you could use it for a water pouch you could use it for I don't know whatever else right the new wine would be wasted though by trying to put it in that old container and you got to understand y'all that that's true for new realities in general we can easily ruin new realities by trying to put them into old containers which brings us to the second general truth I want us to learn from this morning from this illustration and it's this new realities need room to grow to flourish and maybe that's just the other side of the same coin here right the new wineskins were necessary the new wine again it's going to expand it's going to grow and the the wineskin must have been able to expand and grow with the wine inside there and that's why as Jesus says new wine must be put into new wineskins and that was certainly true of the new covenant Right, I mean, the Old Covenant focused on one little tiny people group, right? The Jewish people. But God planned, even from long ago, to expand that reality under the New Covenant. It wasn't going to just be that tiny nation of Israel, which is the approximate size of New Jersey. No, it would encompass every tribe, tongue, people, nation. It, It wouldn't just be that old land of Canaan there in the Middle East. No, he's planning to expand from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. So he had the entire world in mind. I mean, just as Jesus said, right? He told us this, John 3, 16 and 17. You know John 3, 16 really well, but you may not know by heart as well John 3, 17. Look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But then we hear this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So he's planning here for worldwide expansion, and the old covenant couldn't contain it. The new reality of the new covenant, it it had to have room to grow. And again, that's true for new realities in general. New realities need room to grow, to flourish that's the second general truth we learned from this illustration and and here's the final one new realities are too often and too easily refused new realities are too often and too easily refused now jesus piggybacks here on the illustration of new wine needing new wine skins to say this in verse 39 look at it and no one after drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good people say that wine or or, or any alcoholic beverage for that matter is an acquired taste because none of it (laughs) tastes good i mean honestly i mean you're essentially drinking like yeast waste right but again people say once your taste buds become accustomed to something it doesn't bother you in fact, you might even say, I like the taste of that. And that's true of any drink, you know. I've been a Coke drinker all my life. And when I moved 
to Crofton, Kentucky to be the associate pastor, minister of youth and music there. These people in that community were Pepsi drinkers. Oh, I'm telling you, watch out. <laughs> and at every fellowship, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating this, at every fellowship, you had all the Pepsi you could ever want to drink. But there wasn't a Coke found on the place. <laughs> And I tried to drink Pepsi, but again, my, my, my taste buds, they'd become accustomed to Coke. Pepsi tasted more syrupy, and it tasted flat to me, right? Coke has that bolder, harder taste. I mean, it, it burns a little bit when it's going down. You know it's good when it burns a little bit, and if, if, you, if you have to, right? I mean, it'll refresh you, and it'll clean your battery terminals on your car. I mean, that's good stuff. I don't know what it does to inside of me, but so far, so good. So far, so good, right? But in the same way here, right? Jesus is warning these Pharisees. He's warning them about their spiritual taste buds. They had become accustomed to the taste and the feel and the smell of the old covenant. And Jesus says, and no one after drinking old wine desires new for he says the old is good and the 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 implication here is not just that it's good but that it's 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 good enough it's good enough why do we need this new wine when the old wine tastes just fine why do we need this new wine when the old wine is working just fine and aren't we tempted to think this way I mean, the old way's been working. The old reality's good enough. Why do we need this new way? Beloved, we are, we are. I'm tempted to think this way. You're tempted to think this way. And that's why new realities are too often and too easily rejected. Too often and too easily refused. That's certainly true of the new covenant in Jesus Christ. I mean, think about the Jewish people. The Jewish people in general are still drinking the old wine of the old covenant. They say, we don't need that new wine of Jesus Christ. Of course, they're missing out on that, which is much better. They're missing out on that, which the old wine, the old covenant pointed to in Jesus Christ, right? Christ is the fulfillment of the old covenant and brings in this new covenant And so many folks are in those same shoes in general when it comes to general situations. I don't want that new reality. We don't need that new reality. The old is good enough. But I believe God wants more for us than that. I believe that we need to strengthen our core for a hundred more. Therefore, with those three general truths in mind, here's today's takeaway that I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this morning to embrace our new reality by updating a new container, updating to a new container to maximize what God wants to do in this church. Let me say that again. Embrace our new reality by updating to a new container to maximize what God wants to do in this church. Look, y'all, this ain't the church of 1926. We're not the church of 1955 when we moved 
to this side of Highway 19 and built our second worship center. We're not the church of 1987 when we built our third worship center right about where we're worshiping now, somewhere in this general vicinity. We're not the church of 2001 when we needed to expand our third worship center. We're not the church of 2014 when we needed to completely gut and remodel our third worship center, even flip in the direction of the worship center. We're not even the church of 2016, 2017, 2018 when we built and opened up this current worship center after the tornado destroyed it. In fact, did you all know this? According to a recent survey of this church, it is revealed that over a third of the people in this congregation were not here five years ago. Over a third. Over a third of the people in this congregation today were not here five years ago. And God keeps sending more. In 2022, y'all, our worship attendance grew 23% over our 2021 attendance. Now, church growth expert Gary McIntosh, he says that 16 to 20% growth is incredible growth. And y'all, we're above that. That's beyond incredible. And then on top of that incredible growth, when we compare our attendance last year to this year, we have grown another 12% in person and another 16% when you consider our online attendance with people who are watching live right now. And praise God that you're watching on online right now. We're so thankful that you've come and joined in with us in the middle of this service. 16% over last year. 16% over 23% growth. Again, McIntosh says that's outstanding to incredible growth. And so I say this morning to y'all, beloved, we have a new reality. And when I came here, it became clear to me that we were a church that was sort of in the middle of a transition. We had begun to embrace some of the new realities, but we were still holding on to some of the old containers in our processes, in our organization, in our functions. And beloved, I believe it's time to strengthen our core for a hundred more by embracing our new reality, by updating to a new container to maximize what God wants to do in this church. And so I'm convinced as your pastor that these new containers that are set forth in our new constitution and bylaws, I'm convinced they will help us not waste our new realities. We've done lots of market research, so to speak, this committee. I'm looking at churches that are at the next level of where God seems to be taking us. And we put together a constitution and bylaws that will allow our new reality to grow and to flourish these new bylaws in particular, I believe they'll allow us to operate well at 600, 800, even a thousand person mark. And we realize that these new constitution and bylaws, they, they may be an acquired taste. Some may be tempted to say, aren't the old ones good enough? But beloved, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. 
And so it's time to step forward into where God's taking us and to embrace our new reality by updating our constitution and bylaws to maximize what God wants to do in this church. So, at the November member meeting, the operations committee will bring, uh, they'll be bringing a motion to update our constitution and bylaws. Our current bylaws, they require that the church have the text of the new constitution and bylaws a month out, okay? So this intended motion will be formally announced on Sunday, October 15. And then copies of the text will be made available to you that week by October 19. But before all that happens, we want your input. We want you as the church to have full understanding of what it is you'll be voting for. We're not going to just hand it to you and say yes or no. We want you to read it and to be able to ask questions and say, why did y'all do this? And how are y'all going to do that? And why that? What is that? And so over the next two weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to engage with your lead pastor, associate pastor, and, 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 and Pastor Paul, and then the operations committee. So first, we're going to roll this out in three stages. First, you're going to have a Q&A with, uh, we're going to have a Q&A with all the men who are ordained as deacons of this church, all right? So both active and reserve deacons, both administrative and non-administrative, whichever phraseology you want to use there. If you are ordained as a deacon, you are invited to this meeting next Sunday at 3 p.m. So be watching for an invitation to come um, uh, from your, your new deacon chair, Dan McClure. And uh, we're looking forward uh, to him serving us in that regard over, over the coming year. And, uh, and, and, and we appreciate Daryl Butler as our new vice chair and Steve Grace as our new deacon Secretary, all right, so, so be watching for an invitation. But listen, so far we've already engaged with the deacon officers and they're in full support of the proposal that we're gonna put before you. Second, we're gonna have a Q&A with all of the Sunday school teachers and all of the committee members of this church. This is gonna be on Tuesday, October 3rd. Tuesday, October 3rd. So y'all be looking for, for, for an invitation as well. So far, again, we've engaged with the chairs of building and grounds, stewardship and personnel. And again, they are all in full support of the proposal that we're bringing forward to you. And then finally, we're gonna have an all church Q&A, Tuesday, October 10. You say, preacher, why don't you do it on a Wednesday night or on a, on a, on a, on a Sunday night? And the truth of the matter is, our timeline won't let us do it on a Sunday night, right? Because of, of, of some traveling and things like that. And we can't do it on a Wednesday night because Wednesday night is our time to shine when it comes to student ministry and children's ministry. And we don't want to take them away from that, right? We believe that those children need that ministry. So we're going to do it on a Tuesday night when any and everybody that wants to come can come. So that's going to be Tuesday, October 10. And in doing so, y'all, that's going to help us get feedback from folks. That, that's the purpose of this. Feedback from folks. We're going to answer any questions you have. We're going to consider changes that you guys recommend before it officially goes to the church on October 19. One month prior to the November member meeting on November 19. All right, I just want to lay this out for you. 
beloved I can't wait until we get to 100 can't wait till 2026 when we get to 100 but if the Lord tarries y'all may we be healthier may we be ready for 100 more here's my final prayer for us today may the wisdom of God lead us forward for the glory of God and the good of this church and community. Would you pray?